If you have ever wondered what it's like to lose 110 kilos, well, I don't know anyone that's ever lost 110 kilos except this man on this week's podcast. It's my man, UK's leading emotional eating coach, Mr. Chris Tibbetts. Now, I am actually Chris's coach in terms of his business and his life and his relationships, but he's actually working with me on some emotional uh, and binge eating stuff. His story of losing 110 kilos is incredible. Um, He's kept it off. Um, Some of the insights are phenomenal, and of course, there are some great tips on getting a hold of binge drinking, binge eating, emotional eating, emotional drinking, and self-soothing in general. Let's go! All right, uh, I'm here with a gentleman who I've actually uh, just hired, who I've been coaching for how long? Four years. Four four years? Nah. Is it? Four years. Uh, Mr. Chris Tibbetts, who we have uh, made the decision that he's now the UK's leading emotional eating coach. Um, so welcome. Thank Tibbs. you very much. Uh, first question, how the fuck did you get so fat? Uh, I ate a lot. He <laughs> ate a lot. So Tibbs is, uh, I've known Tibbs because, and the reason why I'm going to position him as the, the, the UK's leading emotional eating coach is because he lost how much? Uh, 110 kilos. Oh, oh shit, I thought it was only 100. I know. So how heavy are you heaviest? Uh, 34 stone. Jesus Christ, what's that in kilos? Uh, 210. I love the fact that you're 210 kilos. Jesus Christ. Tell me uh, tell me how you got there then. Because uh, that's not a short... No, it was... That's I, not a rapid transformation. I, uh, <laughs> I was always yo-yo dieted, and I've always been a big lad. Um, and a I big was lad. A big lad, yeah. Yeah, big lad. A big uh, boy. Uh, but then throughout my life, I sort of, every time I had a child, I lost weight. <coughs> and then I put weight on. Every time you had a? A child. So okay. I've had th- I had three. Mm-hmm. And I'd lose weight because I need to be healthy for dad. Then was it you that was pregnant like? Not like it. <laughs> that's, uh, anyway, at that size, I looked it. <laughs> so every time you'd have a child, you'd lose weight? Yeah, every time, every time, yeah, we had a child, I'd lose weight, think I'd be healthy, then I'd put weight back on. I was in a pretty bad marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, my comfort was food. Mm-hmm. So every time uh, it was bad, I ate. And that's all I would do is I'd eat. And the bigger I got, the more protected I felt. Mm-hmm. And it was a bit like a suit of armor. Yeah. And I never saw myself. Oh, so big. I get it now. So you've got big, big Tibsy. Yeah. Big Chris. Yeah. In fact, I know a guy called Big Chris who is an American guy who's exactly the same. Yeah. Big, big guy. And he becomes yeah. part of your identity, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone said, ah, oh, big guy. And, and the worst thing is the big, big man. They'd always then assume and they'd give you more food. They'd always, oh, Tibbs, you're finished. Oh, shut off. Oh, Tibbs, you'll do this. And mm. I used to get a bit of a reputation of doing eating competitions. And oh, I'd, shit, really? Yeah, yeah, I got barred from a steak restaurant in Harrogate for doing a 72 hours steak challenge four weekends on the trot. Wow, that's impressive. Did you not used to live in Harrogate? Did you? Yeah, did I? Yeah. Cattlemen's. Did you ever go to Cattlemen's Association? No. Oh, right. Do you know when I, when I lived there, I was only 21. Oh, right, okay. Because I couldn't get a job in a gym up here, right. so I had to move to Harrogate. My first PT client was David Jason. But you didn't know no. that. Uh. Did you ever what? go to Josephine's when you were there, the nightclub? 
Yes. I used to be a doorman there. Did you? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I think there's one called Annabelle's or something as well. Yeah, that was it, Annabelle's, yeah. Is that what it is, Annabelle's? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. was, upstairs, uh, it was I didn't go there very often, like, because I'd live in Harrogate through the week and then come home on a weekend. Yeah, yeah that's how much I loved it. Yeah, well, Jason, <laughs> they used to do a 10 p.m. pint night. Really? Things, yeah. Holy shit. During the week, Monday or Tuesday. So we, uh, we're big tipsy. Yeah. We've ate our way to yep. 210 fucking kilos. Yep. How long did it take you to get to that weight? Uh, I'm seeing it like that's an accomplishment. Yeah, well. It kind of is. It is, isn't it? To be alive at that point, to be functioning, a functioning human being at 34 stone. Um, yeah, I was playing golf almost every day at that size. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's a lot of fucking need up. A lot of... Uh, Hashtag need up 24-7. Well, isn't always when you're in a golf bug, is it? <laughs> oh, okay. You're getting your eat up 24-7, eh? <laughs> Bacon butty, Mars bar. Jesus. On the way around. But yeah, um, it probably <clears throat> took me, I would say, from t- about six years... Because my last weight loss was probably in 2001 when we had my daughter uh, in 2000. And then I just put weight on. So, yeah, it just took me about six years to get to that. And yeah. then and then the last, until 2009, it went into overdrive. And then, like I say, 2011 is when I had the wake-up call. And what was it like for you before we get to that wake-up call part? What was that like? Like, what's that like being that weight? Um, I mean, I've been a fat guy, five stone. Well... Let's, let's I've now been yeah. fucking. Was that morbidly obese? Oh uh, no, it was yeah, morbidly obese. You're you're in death. You're on on death's door, basically. You're on death's What's door. it like being that weight? Then what's it? You can't wipe your ass. Really? You have to put your foot up on the toilet to get your hand around to be able to wipe your ass because your belly's in the way. Yep. If you drop something on the seat while of the car, there's no way you've been able to reach down <laughs> to get it because your stomach's in the way. Um, getting in and out of the car. Basically, I went to Germany once, and um, we hired a car at the airport, and it was a one series BMW. I couldn't get in it. Fuck. We Jesus tried Christ. every sort of way and then we had to go back to Did the Did you counter. try covering your body in Vaseline? Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> even be joking about that. I shouldn't even Mate, be joking. I couldn't even get in it. Vaseline That's wouldn't insane, have helped. That's insane, really. So we had to go to the counter and hire another <coughs> car, a bigger one. Wow. Um, and that was just, yeah. Was that a bit of a, what, what was that like for you? Embarrassing? No. Did you, you laughed it off? I laughed it off. We don't have a joke, yeah. What would you expect? You're only a little car, I'm a big guy. It, it was laughing a joke. Is it like when you, the guys say, oh, well, it's it, a, a big fucking nail needs a big hammer and that? Yeah. It's a love it, machine. All those good excuses. It's all fuel like, for yeah, the love you, machine. You can have this, you know. doesn't matter It's about all paid for. All paid. Don't you worry about the size. You look at I've got, uh, got all this weight to hen- knock it in with. And yes. All those jokes. And even even when I was, I was on a flight to from Johannesburg to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Now, they when we fl- I flew Emirates to Joburg, which was fine because I was in business class, great seats. The internal flight was operated by BA mm-hmm. uh, in South Africa. I don't know why, but they do. And I got on the plane, got on my seat, and I couldn't get in the seat because it was an aisle one, but it was a fixed seat. Oh, where the rest didn't yeah, go up. Yeah, you can't go up. I literally couldn't get in the seat. Wow. And then the, ca- the camera crew were going, oh, you know. And I said, <coughs> um, can I get a seat belt extender? They spoke quietly. And I was like, I couldn't get in the seat. And... You will know, everyone will know this. When you see the big guy on the plane, you're like, oh God, I hope he's not sitting next to me. Well, there's only one there's only one type of thing that precedes the the big guy. It's yeah. the fuck, it's them with the kids. Yeah. Fuck, I hope they don't sit next to me. That's it. Kids <laughs> are the big guy. And I just, and I just, honestly, I couldn't get in the seat. And they were huffing and puffing. And eventually, they were going to de- um, get me off the plane. The captain really? came down. Yeah, the captain came down and he went, Do you want to sit next to me, son? Almost, almost. Really? He said, well, I had a sign of a chat, and I was in there to go, I was flying down to watch rugby, because Wales were uh, on tour there, mm-hmm. 
and he was a big rugby fan. And he says, um, the, per the Chiefs purse, whatever name, she was being right arse. And she, he says, look, I need to push back. I'm not getting the bags unloaded. We've got a seat in business class. Just give him that. So well, I got an upgrade to business class. Said, hey. But honestly, then the, then they came and said, right, we need your BA flying club number. We need your details. We're going to potentially put you on a no-fly list. What? Wow. Why? Uh, because of my size. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, and I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, because you've caused disruption to this flight. I was like, well, no, it's not my... Well, maybe you might have to consider buying two seats in the future. Fucking hell. Now, when I was in America, on a Southwest Airlines flight, I had to buy two seats. Wow. In America? Yeah. Geez, sorry to all American friends, but that's very surprising. Yeah, Southwest Airlines, no, no, they'll, 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 make you, they'll make you buy a second seat. Oh, do they? If you're a certain size, they'll go, you need to buy a second that's seat. That's for your weight, like? They look at you and go, you need two seats. Fuck off. Yeah. No. Southwest Airlines. Jesus Christ. I mean, it's an interesting thing, that, because in today's day and age, like, I know that <clears throat> we'll have listeners who are like, that's disgraceful. That's fat shaming. Where you at with that? Like, what was that like for you then? Did you feel fat shamed? Was it a wake-up call? Uh, I just didn't. I just got my company credit card out and paid for it, really? to be honest. That was my view. But did I feel fat shamed? Um, even those things, you go, did I feel that bad? At the time, no. Um, but then it made me think, oh, every time I flew Ryanair, there was one flight of Ryanair, they didn't have enough seatbelt extenders. Mm -hmm. Fucking hell. I was thinking, shit, do I get debussed de again? Luckily, they managed to sort it out. Somebody squeezed one on, so I had a spare one. So after that, I went and bought one. So I didn't have to have the embarrassment oh of asking for God. a seatbelt extender. Wow. So I had it in my bag. Didn't ask them. Shame, that embarrassment had gone. And then I got into a trick of going, well, Ryanair quite often had cheap flights, so I'd buy two flights. Wow. So I'd always and, have to see and what thing. was this? I'm just thinking, family, yeah. wife at the time. Yeah. Like, what was that? What was that like for them? Did they say anything? Were they? Well, this is the embarrassing thing, right? Our family at the time, and so I only found this out afterwards. We're known as the fat family in the village. Oh Jesus! Yeah. They find this out afterwards. Mm -hmm. so it's quite embarrassing. Mm -hmm. but, you know, but I I have to live with that, and I know now. You know, and I say to people all the time about the impact your actions have on your family. Now, I know the impact that I had, and I'll take responsibility, so if my ex-wife is listening, this isn't on you now. <laughs> um, yeah, I am responsible for my children now, growing up, being a more do, being obese. Mm -hmm. Because of all they saw the actions of me, the, the lessons they learned, everything they learned from my behaviours growing mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. created that. Mm -hmm. And I have, to, I have to take that responsibility. Mm. And eating was your go-to when ah, things were hard? Absolutely. Give me an example of, like, apart from that steak eating, comp when would you, give me an example of what, when you were that size, like, what would trigger you to go and eat? Uh, it could be, I used to, I was the archetypal emotionally, happy, sad, stressed, anxiety, every emotion. So it was food on your mind quite a lot, was it? Every time. Was it? I'd get up in the morning and think, right, what am I going to eat? How am I going to eat this? When am I going to eat that? Something would happen, I'd be like, okay, what have I got in the house? How can I get this? Really? Constantly. And even even at three o'clock in the morning, yes, I mm. have been uh, going to Krispy Kreme in Asda at mm -hmm. three o'clock in the morning to buy a pack of twelve donuts. And could you do twelve? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Me way, man. Yeah. Twelve. Twelve Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme donuts. Yeah. Like, I got kicked out of a McDonald's because I ordered nineteen double cheeseburgers and he wouldn't let me have the twentieth. Wow. Because we were doing a competition. Jesus Christ, it's mad, isn't it? It's mad, and you know, I, t I talk like you smile, I'm laughing, but. You know, that's that's, not, that's where I'm at with this as well. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It's a bit taboo. It's like, it's like ooh, should we yeah. be laughing? Should yeah. we be laughing then? Well, let's let's get fucking serious. Yeah. What was your fucking wake up call? Uh, actually, first of all, why didn't you do anything about it then? 
Because did you think you didn't have to? Did you I, not know how to? I think I didn't have to, and to be honest, I felt safe. I, the, the relationship I was in at the time was really bad. It was toxic. It was, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, I just felt safe. I felt comfortable. I felt nobody's going to Food was your best friend. Food, food was my only friend. Mm. Food was my only... Food never let me down. <laughs> food, no matter what emotion I had, food always gave me the answer. Mm. I never, It never, ever let me down. Mm. And that was the hardest thing. And that's the thing when I work with people... You need to break that cycle of, yeah, I know it's never going to let you down, but actually it is. Look at you. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You think it's doing you a favour? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Interesting. What was a wake-up call? Wake-up call. Um, so I was into Dubai. Because, mate, you, you've talked about things where I'm like, fucking hell, there's probably four gone past already that I'm like, that's enough's enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, the, yeah. mate, you've said probably four things. McDonald's. Yeah. Krispy Kreme. Yeah. The flight. Yeah. The buy and the extender. Yeah. The other flight, yeah. there must be more things so, so in there where you're like... Throw an additional one. Yeah, um, throw an additional one. When I was one. working, I used to submit my expenses and they I put in for a family bucket of KFC that was twelve ninety nine. My dinner expenses was £25 a night. Yeah. And they said, do you not think that's a bit excessive, a bucket all to yourself? Mm -hmm. I went, hold on, I've just saved you 13 quid on your expenses. What's <laughs> your problem? Fucking hell. Because they thought I was feeding other people. Yeah. I was like, no, it's for me. It was for me. Shit. And what's your M? What was your job back then? Uh, I was working as a management consultant um, for transport companies. Mm -hmm. So I was submitting invoices and they just go, what have you got all that for? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the wake up call. Well, in, as, and there's a photograph of me in, on the flight from Dubai in my stripy shirt and checked sock pants. Mate, even I know as a former fat guy that horizontal stripes, yeah. when you're carrying a bit of beef, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Mate, when when you're in the seven XL at Giacomo, and that's uh, the only 7XL. size XL, and the only size you can buy, seven XL. Yeah. Holy shit, bro! Yeah. And, and when you're maxing out in Giacomo, you know you've got a problem. Um, so I came. Well, was Giacomo even a thing then? Yeah, was it? Got my clothes from Giacomo. Did it? I can't remember when it became a thing. Yeah, uh, and then I was in. Came out from a hot trip, business trip to Dubai, and when I'd been on there, I was stayed. We had there's a mess up with, mess up with the hotel, mm -hmm. so we had to. I had to share a room with a business partner. Mm -hmm. And basically, woke, he said to me in the morning, he says, Tibsy, I'm never fucking sleeping in the room with you ever again. I don't care if I have to sleep in the lobby or out on the balcony. <laughs> I said, oh, why? I don't snore. He went, mate, no, you don't snore. It sounds like something from the living dead. Really? You're breathing. Breathing was like, yeah. And he says, and then when you weren't breathing, when you weren't making that noise, I was checking to make sure you hadn't died because you weren't breathing. Oh, really? Because sleep apnea. Yeah. So, what were some of the other health complications that you had then? Uh, so, uh, when I... When came back, uh, I didn't feel, I didn't think I had any. Really? I honestly didn't think I had any. You must any. have been blown out your ass walking down the I street, were you? I was tired. I was a bit, but I just thought, oh, I'm just stressed and I, I could walk quite well. I walked everywhere. And did you blame other things? Oh, yeah. It was the heat in Dubai. Yeah. It was, um, oh, yeah, I'm a bit, bit, bit under the weather today. Yeah. So I'm a bit heavy. Job basically. stressful. Job stressful. Yeah. And what happened was, went to see a doctor because I felt, a bit strange in Dubai. I thought, it's 30, I'm 39, coming up to my 40th birthday. Perhaps I should get checked out. And I went to go and see the doctor, and he said, um, he said, okay, jump on the scales. So I jumped on the scales, broke them. Jesus. And they broke. There's another. Yeah, the yeah. wake-up call. How do the break, what happens on the break? They just, the dial goes straight round to zero. Fuck off, no way. And he went, and I knew. I thought that only happened in, like, cartoons. <laughs> Never mind movies, cartoons. And the doctor turned around, and I knew him quite well. He went, Tipsy, for fuck's sake, they cost me 70 quid. <laughs> And they're brand new one. Christ. He said, right, we know you've got a bit of a problem. Go, go and get yourself wedged. If you go down to the infirmary, 
they got way on scales. And while you're there, we'll do blood tests and do all these other tests. He says, come back in a week. So I went back in a week and he came in and he says, um, right, sit down. Now, when I got there, he put a special seat in there. You remember Jeremy and Carl show? They used to have the extra wide one for the fatties. No, but we've yeah, yeah, just lost about 300 subscribers now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the big people. Large size. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, what? Actually, two guests ago, we had Smith on, so you'll get away with saying whatever the fuck you yeah. want on here. So, basically, the large I didn't size. know they had that, because I'm not a Jeremy Kyle They used to have a wider size holder. seat right. for the large people on the yeah. show. So he had the curvier people. Him. Yeah, he had one of them there, and he said, sit down. He said, okay. He said, so, right, basically, you need to change your life, otherwise you'll be dead in 10 years. Okay, he says, look, you're borderline diabetic, you've got high cholesterol, you've got uh, um, some other problems, um, diabetes, all um, all these sort of issues I had. He said, in fact, I'm amazed you're even walking around, to be honest. You're, you're an enigma. Um, he said, but I've got the oxygen test coming so you back. should have legit been dead. Yeah. Jesus. He said, he said but, he says, come back. Uh, did no one ever, before this doctor thing, did no one ever... A couple of people. I mean, I know you've got the joke, but no, did no one ever? Because obviously, you're big Tibbsy, yeah. you're big Chris, whatever. Yeah. Did no one ever say Tibbs? I don't even know two people say it in my life really? before. Um, and the problem I had, I, the job I'd been doing before, I was going back and forth to China every couple of weeks. And in China, I'd be the big fella. They all loved it. Of course, that does your ego. Great Sumo. Things. It's like, Sumo yeah. wrestling game, isn't oh, it? Oh, he's big. Oh, big wrestling man. Oh, you're big and strong. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm not big and strong. I'm big fat, but yeah. don't worry about it. I said the word again. Yeah. Uh, but I can get away with it. Anyway, it. so I came back three days later. Now, this was the sh- wake up for me. You know, doctors' receptions, they're really quite good gatekeepers and they're always like officious. I got in and says, Oh, yes, Mr. Tibbetts, yes. Uh, doctor's waiting for you in meeting room, uh, uh, room number one on the ground floor. He's there. Go straight in. Never happens, mm-hmm. ever. Walked in. He said, Sit down. Okay. He says, All right. He says, um, You know, I said 10 years. He said, You got six months. Jeez! If you don't make changes to your life, you could, you could even die at any point now because the oxygen levels are ridiculous. You could die in your sleep. You need to change your life. Jeez! What does that mean? Your oxygen levels? Uh, basically, because the your body can't pump enough oxygen on your body. Can't pump enough oxygen on your body. Sleep. I'm not breathing it. I'm stopping sleeping in my night sleep. All sorts of things. He basically said, you know, you you are living on borrowed time. Oh. Where did you start? Uh, I tried into my tried and tested weight loss method. What was it? Was, uh, two bowls of cornflakes and tuna fish and mash. Fuck off. No. Mash? Yeah, I know you know. Oh my no, mate, god. This will make it even worse. Instant mash. Oh, smash! Yeah. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so was that the doctor's advice? Did he give you any more advice? No, no, what was he? Said, I need, I said, he said, I need to put you on these tablets. I need to do this. You need to do this. I said, Doc, I don't want to do that. I'm not going on tablets. What can you do? He says, you need to show me rapid, dramatic weight loss and changing your habits, and I'll give you four weeks. He says, but you've got four weeks. If you don't start... So he wouldn't give you anything? He said, I will refuse to take him. Wow. Okay. I said, give me four weeks. I want to see if I can do this myself. Yeah. Wow. Um, what were the tablets like? Yeah, uh, They were going to be sort of like... I know, Bat blockers or something. blockers. Yeah. They were going to be something for my diabetes. Well, I was not I was pre-diabetic, mm-hmm. so I could have made those changes and yeah. stuff for my cholesterol and... Yeah. Wanted to get me a sleep apnea machine. So what happened? Oh, that's the elephant's trunk. Yeah. My daddy's have one. Uh, I don't want any that's louder that. than your snoring. Yeah. Uh. You have to sleep on your own, which might have been a good thing. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I didn't want any of that. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And that worked. And I started losing weight. But I then realized that... On that two bowls of cornflakes. And tuna fish and mash. Tuna fish and mash. Yeah. And that was it? That was it. Wow. 
You must have lost weight fairly quickly doing really that, Really quickly, but... That's that, like less than... That's like 800 calories bearing a day, mind the size I was going to be as well, mm. I would. I think I've worked out, I was burning... I, just being alive is like 4,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. just to be alive. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I was rap- rapidly losing weight, mm-hmm. crazily. But actually, it was unhealthy. And he said, look, he said, have you done this? I went, oh, for this, is, that's not good enough. You can't do that. That's, you're going to end up in other problems. Yeah. So I said, okay. He said, right, go on this plan. Um, got a sort of proper nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. A job came up in London at the time, so I could actually take a bit more control over my diet. Yeah. So I went to work in London during the week. But at that point, when I was coming back, I realized that I was being sabotaged at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I was losing weight, so my ex-wife, my wife at the time, didn't like it. Mm-hmm. She big? Yeah. And then she realized, then obviously I'm getting more attention. Oh, you were the fat family, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. I got attention. And then it came to a head in sort of January after Christmas, I realized that I was being constantly sabotaged. Food was being left at you. All of those triggers, I realized I had an emotional problem. So... I took the drastic action. Mm-hmm. I left my wife mm-hmm. and my family. I moved to London and thought, right, I need to say. Oh, that go down with your kids, didn't that? Hard. Did it? Yeah. But to be honest, our relationship was going nowhere for a long time. And yeah. I was there for the kids. Yeah. Which they're all grown up now, they know that. So. Yeah. And it was a mistake, but that was the plan. So I did that, then started really losing weight, Got had a PT, did all those things, but I never actually dealt with the eating issue. Yeah. So you'd lost you lost a bunch of weight anyway. Yeah. yeah. So I And then you never dealt with the eating issue. What made you realise that? Um because as soon as I got happy and I stopped the gym and I stopped and I went to normal life. Yeah. Weight started creeping back up. Oh, so there was like an on or an off. Yeah. So when I was on the when I was on it, I was dis- I was in the gym five times a week. Yeah. I was eating a strict diet. So classic all or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. That was me. Yeah. One of the and then as soon as I stopped, oh, then I'd be like, oh, I'll go for drinking, and I'd go eating, and I did mm-hmm. this. And I always found pleasure, because I never, I was a happy emotional eater as well as a stressed emotional eater. Life started getting good. I met my new wife. We moved to London. We were having great, you know, we were enjoying London. We were out drinking and having coffees, and life was good. But mm-hmm. weight started to creep back up. Then came to getting remarried. Oh, lose weight again. Try and trust it. Hit the gym. Because I knew PTs now. I knew. Yeah. And that was great. Lost weight. And then over the probably four years, I started to gradually put weight on. Didn't notice it because yeah. I had uh, two wardrobes. I had a thin wardrobe. Oh, did you? And a big wardrobe. Wow. And I just thought, I'll put those clothes on. Jeez. And it wasn't even a d- conscious decision. I just thought, I'll try these trousers now. They'll fit. Yeah. I did that. And then it came to head in 2017 when I would given up my business and I got headhunted to work for a corporation and I had a really high-powered job. And I was put under immense stress and basically I had a breakdown in work. And I actually found you then because I messaged you and then I didn't do anything like most most of you people. <laughs> they messaged you and then ignore you. <laughs> I, was surprised, I was surprised I didn't ignore you. <laughs> uh, you uh, and then I, must, I, must have, I must have just been fucking starting out then. Yeah, you were. I'm an ignorant fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I... One, I never had my photograph taken. I'd had a breakdown at work, mm-hmm. and that's when my emotional eating went into overdrive because it was like back to it again. It was back to the working, the stress eating, the hiding, the lying. Because if you ever speak to my wife, she she says trust is a massive issue because I used to lie about food. Really? I'd hide it all the time. Hide what I ate. When I ate, even when I was out with her, I'd sneak something before I got to see her. Mm. Um, so that was a big issue. And then 
we won an award at work and there was a photograph of me and it was I thought Pat Chris in the photo from Dubai had gone. But then I saw that photo and I thought he's staring back at me. And inside that triggered me to have a full on meltdown. Yeah. So bad. Work sent me got me signed off, sent me to a clinic. Really? Well what's interesting about that, Chris, is like I can see where you're at with this because this I was so I said this to you before. You've worked hard yeah. in the gym. Mm -hmm. You've worked hard with PTs mm. and you see yourself and you're like, I haven't fucking changed at all. Yeah. That's an interesting realisation that, isn't it? Because yeah. I was saying to you before with this emotional eating thing, like to stay in any kind of shape, the amount of calories you have to burn when you're emotional eating is mad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It and then you're like, fucking hell, I'm working my balls off in the gym. I'm fucking walking everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm training really hard and the weight is not changing. Yeah. But it's not going to, is it? No, of course it's not. Because there is something inside you causing you to do whatever it, whatever form of emotional eating is, whether it's binge eating, mm -hmm. nighttime eating, you know, emotional eating, stress eating, mm -hmm. whatever format it is. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, you know, we talk about eating disorders, you know, over, you know, over training is an eating disorder because mm -hmm. you are purging yourself through exercise. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so the second wake-up call then, yeah. what was the... You got sent to a what was the meltdown? What that looked like? Um, basically, I was in Starbucks one day, and I lost four hours of my life. I got in there. I had my cinnamon swirl, my caramel macchiato, which is my go-to. Cinnamon swirl. I know. Oh, gee. How many calories in a cinnamon swirl? Uh, four hundred eighty. That's a fucking meal, that. Yeah. That meal I just had there was less than that. Jerk chicken. Yeah. Big up precision prep. <laughs> that jerk chicken and rice and pea. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So basically, I lost four hours of my life. I, I, I in Starbucks. In Starbucks, I cannot remember the drink was empty. The cinnamon swirl was gone, but those four hours. So you say the cinnamon swirl was gone as if that would be a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> and and the coffee had been drunk, but I can't tell you about those four hours. Mm. I don't know if anyone really spoke to me. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, you know, I didn't. One passed out, but I just got a mental blackout for those four hours. Um, and then something happened at work, and I just had a breakdown. I spoke to HR. Spoke to my boss. And of course, with private healthcare, I went to go to a well-known, well-known clinic in the south of England. I'm not allowed to mention because of a non-disclosure agreement. Um, I can only think of one. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> yeah, um, and went for some treatment, mm -hmm. um, and survived four days before I broke out. She broke out. Yeah. Jesus. Um, and there was a group therapy session where. And uh, why did you break out? Uh, because the group therapy session was being managed by somebody who was just qualified and was thick thin and didn't. You know, I was like, "Have you ever had twelve Krispy Kreme donuts at three o'clock in the morning?" No. Have you ever had desserts? No. So I'm really struggling to understand how you can relate to me. Yes. I was like, "Well, we, I don't need to relate to you." I mean, this happened with every shrink that I've ever seen. I'm like, "You don't get it. You're not. And you're fucking. You're not having fucking six bags of coke every weekend." Yeah. So I just then and then I had a row with the chief psychologist there, and mm -hmm. we agreed to. I wasn't going to say things what they'd done and they weren't going to say things that I'd done and we just agreed to mm -hmm. leave. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I found Overeaters Anonymous and joined... Uh, How did you find that, Overeaters Anonymous? Because that is a bit random. It is random. You're the only person that I know that's been there. Yeah, My a good friend of mine, she had been through lots of challenges with drinks, alcohol and food. And she says, I think you should give them a try. And I'd never heard of them. I had to Google yeah, them. I hadn't until them. you said. I had to Google them and it was like, wow. And because it is, it's a bit like Fight Club. Mm -hmm. You don't talk about it. Yeah. The, in fact, the 11th tradition is you don't talk about the program. Yeah. If they need it, they'll find it. They'll seek you out. Yeah. 
And I'm Sounds like, like Elite X. But <laughs> I'm in effect, and because I've gone public on it now, yes. I can't actually be a sponsor or lead a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of their anonymity, yes. anonymity rules. So yeah. so yeah, and also probably four, I think five months into the program, I met you. I got your transformation. Jeez. You must have been on one of them fucking first ones. I was. Yeah, yes. Jesus. Uh, it's, came, it's, came, it? it's evolved a bit since then, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, the, was it West Miners? No, uh, the West Heart and West Hart Miners Club. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Max is boxing there tonight, I think, actually. Yeah. Aye. Bleep test. Yeah, bleep, bleep test. test fucking hell. Coach Simon, mate, used to have bleep test. Jesus. Blah. Funny enough, me and Leslie were talking about bringing the bleep test back for the next. Oh, that'd be great. October. Yeah. Well, it would now. Yeah, I love it now. <laughs> So, so yeah. over here, what was it about over here? It helped you, right? Yeah, massively. Yeah. And what was it about that? Um, it was actually, an, it was a program that allowed me to find my way. It, it, it enabled me to take myself out of it and realize that I wasn't actually in control of it. And I know a lot of the groups are godly, but they've mm -hmm. now introduced like this higher power concept. Mm -hmm. And by accepting that you aren't, don't actually have control and that you have to give yourself to a higher power mm -hmm. that is controlling these things, then you can work through that process. And just that whole acceptance of, look, you are messed up. Accept you're messed up. Accept you need help. And then look at what's caused all of these challenges. Mm -hmm. And then working through the STEPS program to get to the point where actually you start making amends for it. Mm. And that, for me, worked. The abstinence for a time worked. One one of the reasons I felt What your abstinence from then? Um, my trigger foods. So I identify my trigger foods. So basically, I abstain most foods. I was I was. Krispy Kreme's one of them. Krispy Kreme's, uh, Starbucks. I couldn't go to Starbucks for twelve months. It's fucking shit. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I Starbucks. No, I couldn't go to um, Domino's. Shit. Couldn't go to uh, McDonald's. Shit. To, uh, shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, couldn't eat uh, chocolate hobnobs. Mm. That's disappointing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still staying for a whole load of foods. Now, they say that you need to abstain for good. Now, yeah. I know that's not practical for me. Yeah. So I then sort of fell out of love with it and went to a food plan mm -hmm. where I reintroduced these foods as well. Yes. I still can't eat chocolate hobnobs. I they're, they're, I just can't. You open you opened a pack here, and I had one. The pack would be gone. Really. Most record of that eight in a day. It what packets? Nah. Yeah. Nah. Eight packets of hobnobs nah. in a day. Not having it. Yeah. Well, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, that's insane. Yeah, I think it's about 1,700 calories. Input one pack? No, no. In, I think all of them, we added up with some after. It's like. That's not that bad. No, it can't bad. be 1,700 no, no, for eight packets. That, sorry, no. No chance. No, it's 7,000. Sorry, 7,000 calories it was. Oh, yeah, that's. For the eight packs. That's a lot. That was it. Yeah, 7,000. That's, 17, yeah, that's a lot. Calories. That's a week's worth of food. Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's two pounds of fat. Jeez. Was that your thing? <laughs> well. Oh, that is two pounds of fat. You read? Wow. So, again, yeah, that was another... Mate, you've just melted me... I had all my questions ready and you fucking melted That's me head. Me. So, we're in... Um, Overeaters Anonymous. Yeah. We've, we've, we've done this abstinence thing. Yeah. We're reintroducing them back in. Then what? Well, I think this is, again... I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass, but I am. Dude, feel free. Um, but... Would you like to bend over? Yes, please. <laughs> it was the mindset piece because I realized that I could go to the gym and I could punish myself. I could go, I could follow a strict diet. That'd be great. And I was losing weight. I was getting really fit. You know, I started playing rugby again. But I realized that the only way I was going to fix myself was working from the neck up because my problem was here in 
my head, I'm pontificating through these things. Um, that was where my problem was. And I had to fix that. And no matter everything I did on the program of abstinence, that wasn't actually getting to the crux of why I was unhappy. Mm. What was my challenge? What, what was my why? I mean, I, was, I, I say this a bit about the, the, the lock and the fucking door thing. Yeah. I'm like, this is using that kitchen safe thing is working. But it's like a stick and plaster. Yeah. Do you know, that's what it feels like. Stick and plaster. It's like a stick and plaster. I'm like, right, well, I get that this stops me from going and eating or this keeps me off my phone. Mm. But it's not really the answer, is it? It's like, I had a conversation with someone about this in social media. I'm like, right, if I have to delete my social media account, it's kind of like, am I in control of that or is it in control of me? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a really interesting thing, that. It so, is. yeah. And I think that was the thing with me, just work, having to realise that my mindset, having to realise that, and also... The only person who's going to save me mm-hmm. is going to be me. Mm-hmm. Um, although my sponsor did save me. Um, and it's interesting because I was six months into recovery. And you think you're losing weight, you're feeling better, things are going well. I found myself on the top of a roof. Mm. Six months in. I'm getting better. And I was thinking, I can't do this anymore. Because the urge is to go back, the urge is to fight it. So then you've got the guilt yeah. that you didn't have before, did you? Yeah. You didn't have guilt or shame about eating before, did nope. you? Because then you knew what you knew. Yeah. And it's funny that when you know something new, yeah. when you're now, it's like you've done the best you can with the tools that you, that, oh, sorry, you've done the best you ha- could with what you knew. Mm. And now that you know better, yeah. you feel like you should do better, right? So now you've got this extra piece. So I get that. I get that. And being in recovery as well, you're fearful of going back. And then I'm thinking, God, I've done all this work. And Carmen had seen me yo-yo all, my, all, our, mari- all our time together. Yeah. And now I'm really focused. I'm dedicated. She's seen all these results, and she's like going, "Yeah, but you'll go back, you'll slip up, you, you know." And she, and because I didn't feel I could tell her all of my, all of this was done in secret. Yeah. All my weight loss was in secret. All the she, she saw me losing weight, but you know, she thought I was at a meeting. Well, was it a meeting? But whenever I had an OA meeting, I didn't tell her I was. I'd book a hotel because afterwards, the following day, I'd have you know a trauma hangover. Or therapy hangover, I'll be like in bits. Mm-hmm. I really need to sort of like mm-hmm. pick myself up and, and do it. And then to say one time I was in Manchester, it got too much. And I literally had to be on the phone to my sponsor. I said, Look, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna sli- I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna fall backwards. I'm going to do all these things. How do I deal with that? How you know, if I go now, at least I'm not gonna be an embarrassment to anybody mm-hmm. because I can't see a way forward, even though I was making progress. It's really yes. odd. No, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Because it's exhausting. Yeah. It's like, and as you say. It's like you're having an argument with yourself, right? It's yeah. like it's such a hard argument with yourself. You've got one side saying, give me a break. One side saying, fuck you. Yeah. That's to- I, And I totally get it because, and I remember this when I was struggling with the old bipolar thing. I'd do something that made me really happy mm. and i get a fucking buzz. And then for a week later, I'd be on the fucking floor. Yeah. This is the whole, this whole bipolar thing. And my whole story was, I'm not supposed to be fucking happy. Yeah. Every time I do something that makes me happy, I feel like I want to fucking kill myself a week after. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like I do something that makes, oh, yes, I'm happy, and then it just go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I learned how to get a handle on that, how to manage that. Yeah. Um, but I totally get where you're coming from with that. But And then, as you know, as time progresses and you do more work on yourself and you start developing, you get the strategies, then go, okay, I can make control of this, and you get control of it. And that's when... You know, you then go on this journey of self-discovery, this journey of study, this journey of constant improvement and self-improvement. Mm-hmm. And for that period of time, it was just for myself. Yeah, I had to fix myself. And 
So I did. Yeah. And then 110 kilos later, are you? Uh, do you still have your? Do you still have struggles with it? Constantly. Each morning, one of my affirmations is, "By the grace of God, let me get through the end of the day without binge eating." Nice. Does that work for you? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. My binges now get are down to a meal. I'll catch myself in a meal now and say, "Whoa, hold on, mate! You get a bit, you get a bit excitable there." Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Whereas it used to be. Let's stay here. Weeks. Let's stay here. Go on then. So we're in a meal. Yeah. We're getting full. Mm-hmm. Let's just say we're at a buffet mm-hmm. in a pizza. Yeah. At the Grand Palladium Palace and played in Bossa yeah. two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the buffet. Yeah. I know I'm full. Mm-hmm. But there's desserts yeah. that I haven't tried yet. Yeah. What's my plan? What do I do? Because my, I'm, I mean, this is obviously, yeah. we're getting fun, some free coaching here. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'll just get an extra fucking 2,000 steps. Yeah. I'll just go for an extra walk. Like, what's your. But but you're already full. I am already full. Yeah, you're already full. Yeah. So, so in your head, so you. It's been so bad for me before. I've been full, gone for a shit, just so I need some more. Yeah. Yeah. At least I made yourself sick. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah more problematic. That would be very problematic. Um, I think when you're looking at that, you did you when you so a tip a tip for you when you're at a buffet, right? One, walk sit as far away from it as you can. Yes. And two. I always walk the buffet two or three times before without a plate first. Oh, nice. So you're looking then you're at not it. just picking things yeah. up. Yeah. And then you look Having at a mask on actually helped because you wouldn't let us stand up without a fucking mask on. Yeah. yeah. But then looking at and then planning that food. Yes. Because then you'll go, okay, because if you like desserts, well, if you like food before we'll start, that's a problem. But if you like desserts, you can look at those desserts and then you're actually planning it because. Yeah. You know what? If you're gonna work those extra two thousand steps to burn off that, that's fine. I'll often just have less dinner or yeah. less, no starter. Yeah. Not not fucking on breads and soups and salads. I'll be like, well, I'm gonna have fucking ten desserts. So. Yeah. But I mean, ten might be. Ten might be excessive. Nine. nine. <laughs> but yeah, you're looking. So basically, you're then looking at buffet. You're making the choices. You're being very conscious. This is about making conscious decisions. Yeah. When you're because you still have that relative amount of consciousness to make the right choices. Yes. Once you've got yourself full, then you're going on. Emotional hunger, not physical hunger. Okay. And emotional hunger has no rationality because emotional hunger will crave those desserts. Yeah. Physical hunger won't because you'll be full. Yeah. So you're making emotional decisions. So if you've actually planned it in advance, you're in control. Well, we were talking about this before with Leslie with the nighttime eating yeah. thing where she was like, You're not even hungry. Yeah. I'm like, I'm hungry. She's like, You're not hungry. You've just had a fucking tub of ice cream, mate. Yeah, you're not hungry. That was in your macros. In your calories, you've got it in. You're not hungry. And then even some mornings I say that, yeah, but why the fuck? It's almost a why did I do that? Yeah. And that feeling, you know when you go, why? What feeling associated with it? Do you have any shame? Do you have guilt? Guilt. Yeah. Big guilt. guilt. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You feel like giving up. And then, do you then punish yourself in the next day thinking, oh, I need to do some extra steps in, I need to do something else? All the time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll just have a thousand calories a day. Yeah, which is the <laughs> worst thing to do because guess what? By saying at night time, you're hungry. Actually hungry. Yeah. Yeah. And you're actually physically hungry then. But then when you're physically hungry, you start making bad choices. Yes. Yes. And that's the bad, and that's when it so I've got a pl- I work with some clients and they'll like go, oh, I've got a meal at night time. So they'll go, Oh well, I'll just I'm not gonna eat anything all day today. I have an apple and coffee at break. Oh yeah, I was gonna have a chicken salad, but you know, I'm gonna eat. and then they get to like six o'clock, they have the meal, and then they'll have three slices of pizza or three slices of garlic bread, 
They'll have chip, you know, they'll eat more than they plan to, even though they know People they have a nice garlic meal. bread. Yeah, apparently so. Fucking shit. I know. It's one of the shittest things ever, that garlic Why bread. Why has ever been invented? I do not know. It's sh- How Awful. boring is it? Yeah. yeah. It's like mash. On, then they put cheese garlic on Garlic bread it. would go in the same bin yeah. <laughs> as mash. As mash. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Shit. Um, sorry. <laughs> No I'm not a fan of garlic bread, so don't worry. Someone about actually it. asked about mash, so I put it for you guys listening. I put a, I put a thing on my social media. We've never done this before, um, but I thought you know what? I've got tips on yeah. here. Um, it's a, it's a. You haven't been on many podcasts yet. I mean, I know you've been on Darren Cartels, Jay Alderton's. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, well, you're, you're going to be on a load more soon, yeah. and so I thought you know what? I'm going to give people a little look yeah. at tips today. So I've got. This is an interesting one. How do you balance the time spent on achieving your weight goals whilst working hours and spending quality time with wife and children? I've got an answer for this as well. I think it's not really about time. I think that question there is a mind that is going, and this will be me, equating weight loss with time and yeah. exercising. And that's not. It's not. It's not, is it? The other thing is... Well, we all know that it's about a calorie deficit, yeah, right? So... That can be achieved in yeah. It doesn't take, it doesn't take time to eat less. <laughs> it doesn't. In fact, it takes less time. Yeah, and also if you want, you'll to save time by eating less. You'll save time, and if you also want to do things and balancing family time, well, why don't you do a bit more active? Go yeah. out for a walk with the kids. We did, we had to go out last night because I was like, fuck, I'm yeah. miles off my step target. Max hasn't worked out a day. I'll let him have, I'll let him have two portions of chips at Nando's yeah. on the condition that he came for a walk. Yeah, yeah. But that, and I think. It, that trade-off with time and, you know, is, you'll always That's just make, a mindset shift. Yeah, you'll always make time for things that are important. Mm-hmm. You know. So that one hour of watching Netflix, mm-hmm. well, instead of one hour watching Netflix, why don't you, well, if you desperately need to watch your Netflix for an hour, buy yourself a treadmill, have it in the house and watch Netflix and walk at the same bike. time. Bike, bike, a bike. treadmill. There are no excuses, there's no excuses for not exercising. Yeah, yeah. And stop thinking about, I, I don't think it's even about the length of time, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm always like, when people say to me, how do you lose all that weight? I'm like, well, I found a diet that required the least amount of discipline, the least amount of sacrifice, and I found a type of training and a type of burning calories that I don't hate. (laughs) In fact, not just that I don't hate, that I fucking love. You're probably sick of hearing talking about it now. But I agree with you there, because when you talk, you know, doing something you love, it's not even exercise. Nah. Like you go BJJ, it's just it's it's not even exercise. It's no. like cam- camaraderie, it's activity, it's friendship, it's doing stuff. It's yeah. And by the way, you burn a shitload of calories doing it. Fucking hell, mate! I'm still gassed. Fourteen hundred calories last night. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. People are like, how did you burn that much? I'm like, it by getting fucking butchered for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> what else have I got here? Yeah. Um, let's have a look. How do you satisfy your cravings? You're gonna have some hard questions going off here. How do you satisfy your cravings? So I know what they are, and I find alternatives. Okay, so... So, for example, if I want... So, if I want to have chocolate, mm-hmm. right? And I want to hit my protein target. Do you know what I do? So, you're still about... You're still about that calorie yeah. life? Calorie life, macros, and I all don't that. think there's any way around it. No, not really. There's not, is that? Yeah. I mean, people talk about intuitive eating and that. But... You need to be really... I probably intuitively eat a little bit. now. Yeah. I don't track my macros all the time. Unless... If I need... The only time I really track macros... Sorry, calories and macros is like if I'm having to eat more. Yeah. So if I'm triathlon training, yeah. I have to get like 3,000 So you don't go nuts. In. I want to be able to, I've got targets I hate, need to yeah. hit. And everyone goes, oh, I'd love to be able to eat 3,000 calories. I says, try eating it healthily. We yeah. can only smash a Domino's. We can all smash a pizza, a kebab. 
to yeah. hit those kind of donuts. But if you want to eat it within the macros you need, the protein, and, and it, you, obviously you want to eat for performance yeah. as well. There, right? That's right. And yeah. you want to eat on. So the cravings. Chocolate, for example, if you want to hit protein, right? Get a vanilla, uh, broccoli yogurt from um, Aldi or the. Whoa, 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 whoa! That or also available supermarkets. You can get them from all over the place. <laughs> if you get a high protein yogurt, yes. or quark, because it's not yogurt. Mate, I'm on the old air. I'm on that old total. That total, no uh, percent. Yeah. You don't have a pot of that every day. Five hundred grams every morning. Man. It's some amount of yogurt. That if you get those high protein ones, right? Dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. If you get and you um, grate it onto it mm -hmm. you got an amazing dessert there which is probably 150 calories you got a chocolate hit and you got your protein hit yeah so there are ways around Mate, we're, talking about, we're talking about food now i have that uh my friend nick mitchell has a company called Ultimate performance they do this choc Oatrians. yeah it's like 20 servings of fruit and vegetables in a chocolate drink and i just mix that with the yogurt it's yeah. fucking banging yeah even me kids drink it there you go which is that's but, that's a greens drink that tastes like chocolate but cravings in particular, yeah, you you just have to find the ways around and one know with them and know what triggers them, mm -hmm. and find alternatives. And there are always alternatives out there. So Prepa preparation. Is so key. it's about alternative. Well, this is like kind of in my book and how to end self sabotage. Yeah. Figure out what the triggers are. Yeah. Try and avoid the trigger. Yeah. Try and find a way around the trigger. Try and stop the trigger in its tracks, and then find an alternative. Yeah. Snog Mario avoid. <laughs> That's interesting. Talk about that. So. You know, you, you look at your triggers, and there's ones that um, you um, can can deal with. Mm -hmm. You'd have a kiss with, snog with. Yes. There's ones that um, you'd marry, so they're easy to deal with. Deal with it. Yes. They're the ones. They're the ones you can't get rid of. Yes. Fridays, for example. Yeah. So Fridays were my triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And then still are, by the way. Are they? That's why. I tr that's why I'm desperate to train jujitsu every Friday night because yeah. I'm like, I still get it now. Yeah. I'd be like, well, actually, I've got, I haven't got that bad a week next week. Saturday morning, there's no training. Yeah. So I could actually have a drink on Friday. Oh, no, I'm not, because I'm going to jujitsu. And then you got your voice. I can't change Friday. No, yeah. and that's good. And I, again, these are all strategies you put in place to, to make you, you've got an avoid there. Mm -hmm. So you avoid the trigger, because yeah. you've got jujitsu. Yes. So that's me, jujitsu is the alternative for yeah. the thing, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and I think, yeah, that's just. Nice. That whole trigger, that whole dealing with that is just the. Yeah, um, the yeah. Way it's nice. Um. Did you establish the root cause of your emotional eating? Yes. Yeah. So I went all the way back. When I was nine years old, my brother had a road traffic accident. Yeah. Uh, I got abandoned because um, my parents looked after my brother. Mm -hmm. uh, and I moved in with a lovely woman who um, used food as a comfort. And that triggered my emotional eating because I associated happiness or sadness with food. Possibly a bit of love there as well, yeah, right? Totally love, the whole yeah. thing. And then when I... When I my brother came out of hospital and I lived and went back to my parents and we moved because they were always constantly busy looking after my brother. Yeah. It's understandable. My connection with people was I got to know the woman in the bakers. I got to know the woman in the chip shop. They gave me connection. They gave, and I associated food yeah. with that. Jeez. Uh, what else have we got? Weight gain has been 10 to 15 kilos. What typical habits have you put in place for you? Uh, so, journaling. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. And you know that big book that you send. Big out black every, book every, every quarter that people Mate, use. That, do you know what? I got asked a question on Instagram the other day, which is, "What's the most annoying question you get?" And I was like, "Eh, none of them." But then someone said, "It's got to be the fucking where do I get your journal from?" Just so you're listening, I do not sell the journal to anyone outside my programs yet. 
Yeah, yeah, that journal, and I think I did that photograph, didn't I? I've got all the journals that one has gone. Yeah, incredible! I couldn't believe you had those ones that were in the fucking folders. Yeah. Because that was a long... And the little black one. little black one. Yeah, I've got about 100 of them in there. What, what do you want to do with these? I'm like, I don't... I'm not about that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. It's way harder and it's, then. And it's funny how you develop. So journaling, meditation, routine. So my morning routine, my evening routine has all been... Talk me about your morning routine. So my morning routine is up. So I don't have... I don't touch my phone until I have journaled. I've read. I've had my supplements i've drank my coffee mm-hmm. and i've meditated what supplements are you taking these days uh just multivitamins uh, cod liver oil mm-hmm. um i focus i do take vitamin d separately as well mm-hmm. so it's just um, i got a i got a thriver report back and i said i've over supplemented with vitamin d have you? I'm like, as if that's a fucking bad thing come on <laughs> come on <laughs> i was like i wish you didn't send me that report it was in me excuse to go on holiday yeah. saying me vitamin d was too low jesus uh, christ so, yeah. so those are your habits in the morning yeah. Yeah. I'm more interested in the nighttime eating because I think this is when most people struggle. Yep. Not just your sleep routine, but what's like, this is when people struggle. And mo- Why yeah. do you think that is? Tired? I think I think if you look at modern No one fucks up breakfast. No. If you unless they're hungover. Yeah. If you look at modern lifestyle, right, we've pushed the day back later and later. And when you've done Dude. that, you've pushed your eating. So if you think in the good old days, you'd come home from work, you'd have your meal, It'd be there. It'd be like when I was o'clock. at school, mine would be fucking. Yep. Yeah, I'd have, I want me tea as soon as we call it tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah so you come over tea, or when when Dad came in from work at six, you'd have yeah. tea at six. Yeah, and then maybe you'd have something at nine o'clock, like tea and biscuits or something at supper. nine o'clock. Supper. supper, yeah, supper. My kids still ask for supper. I'm like, nope. Yeah, and, and it'd be a routine. But now days have been pushed back. Lifestyles that we eat later. There's too. There's a easier predisposition of food to be delivered. There's. <laughs> There's Not adverts. here, bro. Not here. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, well, I go to London just to well, deliver room. Deliver room. Uh, Max, but like, what are you looking at deliver room for? We're not going to London for three days. I'm like, bro. I'm ordering it in advance. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's that whole. And I think we've also pushed things later. We do things, you know. We used to go to bed to sleep. But now people are in bed and they're up later and their minds are active because they're looking at screens or watching TV. Phones and Netflix and, yeah. And, that stimu- and when your mind's stimulated, guess what? You, when your mind's stimulated, you're wanting food. Mm. You're wanting that, and uh, quite often you've got subliminal messages that you want. You're watching TV, you'll see that advert, you'll see that, and you go, Oh, I'm hungry. So, this whole pushing things back later, mm. rather than calming your mind down and saying, Right, okay, I've eaten, I've now got my evening routine, I'm doing this, I know I'm not full, I need to be preparing for sleep. People are going, oh, It's a bit late now, I'm still up, or I'll have, a, I'll have a snack. And it's never a meal they've planned because guess what? They've eaten all their meals, it's always junk or shit or whatever. Yeah. It's never. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not reaching for a fucking apple no. at midnight when no. I can't get to sleep. No, it's weird, and isn't you know it? Why? And that's typical. So that shows you're not physically hungry. Yeah, you're emotionally hungry. Because yes. if you're physically hungry, anything will do. Yeah. Whereas emotionally hungry, you're craving specific things. Yes. Yes. Fix that. We're gonna fix it. We're gonna fix that. We'll fix it. Yeah. Um, what else have I got here? Does he? F- do you feel restricted? Uh, only because I can't eat chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. I used to be banned. I couldn't eat Domino's pizza, and I cracked that this year. And then I've not bothered because it's like Cause shit. It's yeah. shit. It There's is. loads of those things that you are seeing. It's weird, isn't it? Like yeah. I think it's helpful to know that the shit. Yeah. I think once you've eaten good food, yeah. better food, yeah. in better restaurants oh. with better chefs. Yeah. I mean, I'm a fucking snob. Yeah, so am I. That's how shit are you? And once you've eaten them better, re- we all say this. It's actually the PT that I've been working with. He doesn't get stressed when I'm gonna eat in a nice restaurant. Yeah. 
What's he's like, he's, he'll be like, do you know, you, now in lockdown, one of the great things was all these Michelin star restaurants were sending out packs yes. where you just, they'll send you like, Ramsey was sending out a beef wellington where all he had to do was put it in the oven. Yeah. Fucking magnificent. Loads of these Michelin star places were doing that. And my PT was like, oh, that's fine. Because yeah. it's never about Michelin star restaurants. The best food is yeah. never about loads of calories. It's not. It's never calorie, even though it's fucking 17 courses. Yeah. It's never calorie. It's weird, that, isn't it? It is. And I think that now I've eaten at these places and had better food and better quality food. I'm like, I wouldn't have a fucking Domino's or a Mac unless I was hungover, which is fucking rarer rare than rare. hen's teeth. Yeah. Rarer than hen's teeth. But it's like, like it, it's mad, that, isn't it? And I think that's interesting because first I had, for the first time in five years, um, KFC at the weekend. What was it like? Shit. Mate, I had one when I did. Can you remember when I did the, I did break point. Yeah, Ollie Alton used to have this three day thing that yeah. I did, and the thing that got me through was what I was going to eat, yeah. and I had a KFC and it was fucking garbage. Yeah. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, and and you know what? It's interesting because basically, Carl and I got it, and um, we got one of his boneless buckets, and I remember <laughs> bonus bucket. Thinking, Jesus Christ! I used to eat one of them to myself, and we had two pieces each and some of the popcorn chicken. It was like, and the dogs had the rest of it. Really? The dogs are dead happy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the dogs are dead. <laughs> but, but the dogs are dead. Ken Dodd's dad's dog's yeah. dead. Did you know that? <laughs> no, no, I didn't know. Yeah, Ken Dodd's dad's dog. Yeah, so, yeah, so I had that. Uh, but uh, come on to, okay, question for you. What was your best restaurant you've eaten at? The Raby Hunt in Darlington. Yeah. Followed by uh, Restaurant Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. yeah. Wins the fat duck yet in Bray. I haven't, it's too far. I've been to his other restaurant called Dinner. Yeah. I had the meat fruit. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Why well, ask me that? No, because I just, I, I'm a bit, mate, I love like those, a, honestly. I'm a foodie I, like you. Mate, so like, am I, and I think, do you know what, it makes a, I think it makes a big difference, that. It's interesting, so if you guys listen in, like, if you're going on these calorie-dense shit food, like, try just having, eating somewhere nicer, and it's not even about money, that. No. Eat somewhere nicer. It is the experience. When it's just like, it's taste. Not just dense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I talk to people, talk to my clients all the time about, they go, oh, I wish it's like For example, he has a real similar example. Yeah. Have a Five Guys burger and then have a McDonald's burger. Yeah. Similar calories, Five Guys on a different fucking planet. Yeah. That's such a simple example. It is. I mean, it's more expensive, but. And this whole thing I say to me about taste and texture, enjoying it. And again, mindful eating, being present while you're eating that food and not just scrolling your phone, scoffing it. Yeah. Think about every bite. Think about this. And, th and this yeah. is when you go to a good restaurant, you're paying for that experience. You're paying for the taste. Yeah. You're not going to shovel it down your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Even though they do put a two hour I mean, I wouldn't even go, I wouldn't even go for our shit. I mean, it's going to be the fucking world's most expensive shit, yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, oh my God, I need the toilet, but I'm not going. It's yeah. a fucking 400 pound shite. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. terrible, isn't it? It is. Uh, what else have we got? What was his wine life? Did he get a coach? Did he have a, yeah. Do you ever um let's let's talk about how you handle this kind of because this is a great question. I did touch on it. How do you handle this kind of on or off or in or out or all in or all out or on the wagon or off the wagon or all or nothing approach? Yeah. There is there is no all or nothing now. It's this is my life. I'm in recovery. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people say, Oh, well, you're just greedy or you're just fat or you just you know, you just you've got no control. Yeah. I know that if I slip, I'll die. It sounds quite dramatic, but if I go back... Mate, you know, no this is, I say this all the time. People don't believe me. Do you think you'll end up back on the cliff? I'm like, yep. yep. As soon as I stop doing what I do now yep. and go back to what I was doing before. Yep. But also, I think what you've got down, Tibbs, it's not a chore for you. Yep. The, the, when, when I'm like, when people are like, oh, I'm either all or nothing, I'm like, that means your strategy is based on doing things that you hate all the time. 
Well, you've, I know working with you, Godwin, we, we've, uh, you, you've just quite often given me a kicking and gone, just do the basics. Stop stop trying to get to step nine when you haven't done step one, two, yeah. or three. Just handle step one, two, and three and yeah. have as much fun as you can doing it. Yeah. And I think that's why there's no on or off because yeah. that's why I work with people to stop that mentality. Yeah. You've got to stop that all or nothing. It's got to be a constant. Yeah. You know, it's got to be... Well, that's someone constant. said to me today, why don't you do clean eating? You'll lose weight faster. I'm like, I'll put it on faster as well. Yeah. I'm not willing to... And I, by the way, I think there is a place for that clean eating thing because obviously you're healthier, but it's it's you're only healthier if you can fucking actually do it. I'm like I know that I won't be. I've tried too many times. Yeah, food's food, you know. Food. They say food is fuel. Correct, it is. But food is also there to be enjoyed. As you found out, right? You go to nice restaurants. Food is there to be enjoyed. It's an experience. It's when you label it. It's when people go, oh, there's, oh, that's good and that's bad. Yes. No, food's either nutritious or not so nutritious. Yes. But the enjoyment and experience around it, because if you go to a good restaurants and good company, good surroundings, Matt Abe said it. He is more about the service. <laughs> He's more about the thing. Yo. Mate, I was totally fanboying in that podcast. Yeah, so I thought, I, I, I said, mate, how good was it, man? Uh, it was mad. Yeah, it was. I, I can't believe I, I wasn't expecting that. I was sitting there, I was thinking, can I just ask some really selfish questions? Do you like mash? Do you like mash? All right, I've got a great one for you, which is, this is blow your head off. David Gallagher's asking, what happens when things go really wrong and your balls deep in chocolate hobnobs before you realise it's 10 a.m. with the rest of the day to go through? That's a cracking question, that. Not just because it's about chocolate hobnobs. I didn't know that yeah. before you said it. Yeah. What do you He's do if you do? Podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you do slip up? Uh, I forgive myself. Mm -hmm. and, then? and then I just get back on track. So I forgive, So like I said to you, my, my binge is are now caught within a meal, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the most damage I'm ever going to do is a meal's worth of damage. Yes. I forgive myself, and I, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day. The big people... Well, the next meal's the next meal. Yeah, and if if I caught myself out at 10 o'clock in the morning, do you yeah. know what? I would then go, okay, I've messed up, but I'm going to forgive myself, and I'm going to plan. I'm not going to stop eating for the rest of the day because that's mm -hmm. really stupid. Yeah. I'm just going back to my plan, and yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to eat this, I'm going to eat this. Yeah. And But I'll also follow my process of... I'll do my slip, fall slip recovery sheet, and I'll go right. What caused it? How did I feel? What was what was I what was I feeling running up to the event? Mm -hmm. What caused the event? And how did I feel after the event? Mm -hmm. And I follow that process, and that gives me. Is the this data. covered in the book that you're writing? It is covered in the book I'm writing. Yes, I see. It will be covered. See, when's that going to be ready? Uh, it'll be uh, out in November. Come on! And what's it called? Oh, we've not decided uh, yet. Decided yet. How to end how emotionally eaten for good or forever. Or Forever. so that it never bothers you again. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We we'll haven't see. got out yet, but yeah. I love it. All right. Um, <laughs> I think. You're Why can't I stop putting tasty treats in my fat face? I know it's not good for me, but the short-term win feels so high. Well, oh. why can't you? Is because it's tasty. Yeah. That's it. I know it's not good for me, but the short-term win feels so high. Oh, well, there we go. They, their why isn't strong enough. Then the, the why of having the short-term fix is better than the oh, you, I think sometimes you just don't have a strategy. That yeah. indicates a lack of strategy. I'm like, I eat delicious shit every day. I eat a tub of ice cream. In fact, I've got none left. Yeah. I eat that fucking Graham's ice cream from B&M, home, from, oh, yes. from Home Bargains. Have you seen they do the little ones as well? Fuck little ones. No, no, but if you have, if you wanted to have it spread throughout the day, they do a 70-calorie little tub as well. I did not know that, but that's incredible. Yeah. That means I could calories. have one with me breakfast yeah. as well. Where do you get them from? B&M. No, a Home Bargain, sorry. Home bargains is over there. Yeah, home oh, bargains. But check, and they have little ones as well. Do little they? tubs. Oh shit! So I have one of them every day. So I think that if I'm beating myself up about having a tasty treat, it looks like my strategy's wrong. Like I'm putting that in it. That's part of the great thing about tracking. 
I'm like, if I've got a plan that where I have to beat myself up because I have something that's a bit naughty, that's probably the problem in itself, it right? Is. Yeah. I know you can have nice treat. Yeah. If eight percent of your diet's good, why don't you just keep twenty percent for nice things? Yeah. All you've got to equate is three hundred calories for a cookie or three hundred calories for a meal. If you want to have that cookie, that's fine. By by labeling it that, yeah. oh, I've given it a problem. This is part of the reason why I don't drink. People are like, what protein shake do you take? I'm like, I don't take any. I'd rather eat. Yeah. I don't drink. I mean, I'm actually drinking one that's about 100 calories now, that clear one. Yes. But the rest of the time, I'm like, I'm not having 250 calories in a fucking whey protein shake. Yeah. I'd rather have a fucking meal. Yeah. Same with it, protein bars are even out the window now. Yeah. I'm like, it's 250 calories for a protein bar. I could probably get a meal for that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Probably have egg and toast for that. Mm. Anyway, yeah. um, what was the switch? I've, I've answered a lot of these. What's the best way to find your emotional eating triggers? Journal. Do journal. So what I say to people when they work with me is the first, they all want a quick fix, right? There is no quick fix. Yeah. I need to get data because data over drama. Sick. Yeah. yeah. So it's I like saying what's the best Facebook ad. Yeah. You'll not know until you run it. Yeah. So data over drama. Let's get the triggers. Let's understand. A lot of it you can work and you can ask the questions, but until an event happens, then you've got real data. Yeah. Yeah, and I've got a question here that, that's important. I think we've kind of covered it, which is what do you do, again, what do you do when you have a blip or what do you do? You catch it within a meal yeah, and then you move. You move on. The worst thing you'll do is you So you don't try and day. say, let's just say if I fucked up last night and I've had like 400 extra calories yeah. last night yeah. or more, this morning, what should I be doing? Uh, Shaving I, those 400 calories off? Walking those 400 calories off? Definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not doing a behavior that is going to make things worse that could trigger yeah. a failure later yeah. you could if it's if it's 400 calories mm -hmm. you could decide to block your calories by 100 a day and for four days for yeah. four days yeah. you could yeah throw in an extra walk yeah. but personally I would forgive move on and you know you got to look at why it happened though look at why, it didn't yeah. happen by accident yeah. and that's I what I say about a lot of things that doesn't that didn't happen by accident mate one time is a mistake, a second time's a choice. You know, yeah. A mistake repeated more than once is a decision. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where to start? Where to start? Yeah. I've got these two questions in a row. One of them's even got an exclamation mark. Right. Where, where do you start? start? Where do you start? Where do you start if you know you're an emotional leader? Right. Where do you start is starting, you need to... At the start. At the beginning. <laughs> you need to understand, right? This is what I say to all my most leaders, right? Who work with me. I go, right. Currently, emotional eating is easier. That pain you're in, the soothing you get from emotional eating is better than the pain you get from not emotional eating. Do you understand? So so doing it is easier. Yeah. So the familiar, the familiar misery of yes. emotional eating, rather than the thought of changing it, that's yeah. just too much. Yes. So basically, you just have to get your why it, to be more powerful. Yeah. So you and create a bigger emotional connection to changing. Yeah. Who's impacted by it? Who's impacted it? Yeah, what happens if you it? don't get a handle on it? Yeah, look at it. Look at the... It's <coughs> almost like... You know, what, How much is it costing you? You can even look at money. How yeah. much is it costing you? What else is it costing you? How has it impacting your life? Who has it impacting? Yeah. What's it cost you in the past? Yeah. What's it impacting in the past? What's going to happen if you don't all, get a handle on it? All of those questions can be answered. And then in fact, <laughs> once you know that, then you've got some starting point. And you know what? You start at the beginning. You start and the first thing you have to accept is you're an emotional eater. The first step is acceptance. Yeah. Are you emotional eater? Yes. Okay, you've done that. Second thing is tell somebody. Because most people hide it. Mm. And then the third step is get some help. I'm an emotional leader. Yeah. I'm not even... Yeah. I am an emotional leader. Yeah. It's just in a certain time of day. Yeah. 
but it's clearly motion because I'm not hungry. No, you're not hungry. You've you've had ice cream. Yeah. You're in bed going. I've had a meal. I've had 350 calorie ice cream, yeah. and, and I'm your in behaviors bed. dictate that it's not because you are not following a rational behavior. Somebody <laughs> who goes no. out around their house. In their underpants. Not hey, here's one for you that I want to tell you about. It's kind of funny, but it's also a one way. I was like, Tibbs, we need to get this handled. Yeah. So I'm on holiday in Ibiza. I've just had a, a a big meal, as you do when you're on holiday. Fucking f- me and... We actually decided that we're not going to do all-inclusive ever again. Good. It's not even nice. And actually, we ended up eating out for four dinners out of the seven. And it wasn't all the food was bad. It was just like, it's nice to experience different places, I think. Anyway, so I mean, I've had this meal with seven desserts. Because um, six of them I didn't know whether I would like or not. <laughs> I found the seventh one. And then I'm in the room <clears throat> and I can't get to sleep. So I'm like, oh shit, there's a vendor machine at the end. It sells these chocolate covered croissant things. I'm going to go there. No money. So I get my bank card. I walk through the hotel, the bar and that. And it's, we, don't, we don't stay up late. So everyone else is still up in the bar, in the hotel lobby. I'm walking through there, just me underpants on and a pair of sliders. And my bank card, fucking belly's full. And I'm walking through the, I'm, I'm going to the cash point and then I get money and I come back and I go in the thing and I'm like, shit. And mate, the next morning, like I, got, I haven't even got much memory of that whole thing. It's weird because I'm so emotional and so in an emotion of, fuck, I can't get to sleep, fuck, I can't get to sleep. It's almost like, it almost feels like I, I'm never going to, if I don't eat now, I'm never going to be able to eat again. It's really weird. Anywho, so um, what else have we got? Uh, do you believe in processed food addiction? I believe that the industry... Processed, right, this is an interesting question. If you think that the food industry spends billions of pounds a year putting people on MRI scans, testing them to find out where the receptors are, this taste, that taste, yes, processed food is bad, yeah. right? And it is going to be bad because it's by the sheer nature of it. Mm. But that doesn't mean to say you should eliminate it because some processed foods can be quite nice. But it's quite nice? Delicious. It's, but it's about a balance, isn't it? Do you mean man's lamunge? Oh, uh, flavour. Stop it. But do you understand? So I think, yeah, processed food, and you think about its design, I think processed food plays a massive part in people eating too much because yes. they get that dopamine hit. They get yes. they can, the ease of well, it. Well, made things like Doritos and that, wow. Yeah. I, I remember once Leslie went away for the weekend with Nina. Me and Max were at home. This is about four years, three or four years ago maybe. And we literally just ate so many Doritos and I ended up, I said, I can't stop eating these Doritos. Legit couldn't stop eating them. So I poured water in the bag. Yeah. Like I literally had to put them under the sink. If I'd have put them in the bin, I would have picked them out. Yeah. That's how bad my eating yeah, yeah. disorder is. Not my eating disorder, I don't want to say that. My emotional eating is yeah. the emotional eating thing that I've got going on is I'll go in the bin and pick yeah, it yeah. out. It's fucking mental. How do you deal with this fuck it attitude? Ah, fuck it. I've had one, I may as well have the packet. Like, Well, that's where you've really got to catch yourself. It, this is why working with a coach is important because you need to have the tools and strategies to catch yourself to that. Because that fuck it attitude is what then calls that spiral. Yes. And when you start a spiral, then it, that's why people go, oh, fuck it Friday, or even throw it away Thursday. Mm. I'll start on Monday. Mm. Well, yeah, it's a bit, the, a bit like the forgiveness piece. If you forgive yourself, move on, and don't try and, you know, cover up your mistake, yeah. you are then actually stopping this fuck it attitude. Yeah. I used an analogy the other day. It's kind of like if you missed a turn off. Mm. Like if you missed a turn off and you're on the motorway, you yeah. wouldn't then stop get out the car, <laughs> let your tyres down, smash your windows in, <laughs> and then beat yourself up for two days over it, would you? No. Or no. you wouldn't turn around and go back home either. No. You'd just fucking, you'd, you'd look at the fucking sat-nav, yeah. you'd reset it, you'd be like, right, all right, I'm back on the road. Yeah. And this is why I think, again, journaling's important, is documenting, because 
again, it's about data. It's about knowing what caused that fuck it Friday. What yeah. caused that feeling? How did I know? What can I learn from it? Yeah. And then having that, you can then go, okay, there's some new trigger. I, I worked with a client who realized through doing this that doors being slammed triggered her. Mm-hmm. Because she's like going, every time the kids are out, her friend's kids are coming, and they do, the door slammed, and she's, it's, she thought it was kids. It wasn't the kids, because when she was at somewhere else, it never happened. It was only when the doors were being slammed, and they had this habit of slamming the doors. Wow. Yeah. So That's mad. She got to understand that, and I think this is it. You, you know, people just use as an excuse. And again, it's because their why is not powerful enough. Yeah. How do you deal with hunger? Uh, if you need to understand the cues, whether it's physical hunger or emotional hunger. If it's physical hunger, you will know you. If I, like I said, if you were physically hungry and I gave you an apple, you'd go great, thank you very much. Mm. If you're emotional hungry, you go no, I don't want that. I want a chocolate bar. Well, yeah. you're not hungry then. Yeah, nice. That's nice. it. That's the test. The whole is, you know, um, join my free emotional eating mini course, and it's in there. How do I find out more about your free emotional eating mini course? Uh, if you uh, find me on Facebook, um, you, the details are there. I'm, I'm just looking at some of these questions now. Oh, no. Um, how did you know you were beaten? How did you know yeah. that you were eating based on your emotions? That's interesting. How did I know I was eating? Based how on did you know you were eating how based on I your know? emotions? You've I just did. told me how I would know, which is fucking fascinating. Yeah. How did I know? Because I knew I wasn't hungry, mm-hmm. and I knew that something. It's almost part of you is like I can't possibly be hungry as yeah. well, right? I, I know that. I'm like I can't possibly. I can't possibly be fucking hungry. Like when, last night, yeah. I let myself off the hook a little bit because I'm like, fucking hell, 1,400 calories in a jujitsu session. That's a lot. Yeah. So I put, I actually, I'm on the, I'm on obviously this mission right now. So I just tracked it a little. Yeah. I, I increased my calories for the day. Yeah. So I could understand last night that I was hungry. Mm-hmm. But there's some times where you're like, I can't, there's no way I'm hungry. Yeah. And I think that, how did I know? You know when you said that irrational when you couldn't even think you were eating? Yeah. So I knew I was emotionally eating because... Well, you were fucking 34 stone 34 for a start. Stone, I would basically... Food was the first thing I thought about. Last thing about everything I thought about was food. Mm-hmm. It would be, how can I get this? How can I get that? When are they going to go out of the house so I can go in the cupboards? Jeez. When, you know, when it's almost... An, again, you look at something and go... When are they going okay. to bed so I can eat something? And there's that chicken there. So, okay. You're looking at people eating going... Jeez. So you know that's that picks it up from there. Yeah. I don't know what you know about this, but what about the other way around that you don't eat from emotional stress? Do you know anything about that? You don't eat from emotional yeah. stress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, for example, my wife, yeah. prime example. So she is the other side. So she, if she's stressed, she doesn't eat. Mm-hmm. She will mm-hmm. not eat. And then again, that causes a problem because yeah. then she gets bloatedness from not eating. Yes. Or when... Or when... She hasn't ate for so long because yeah. she's been stressed. When she's not stressed, yeah. she's kind of overeat, she's right? over it, yeah. Yeah. Because she then not realize she's When her adrenaline's high, or when your stress is high, yeah. your adrenaline's yeah. high, and you're probably not hungry. Yeah. But and when your you adrenaline come down, comes down, then you want that serotonin boost, right? And you realize, I'm hungry, I haven't eaten. I haven't, you know, I'm not stressed now, I haven't eaten, got eight, and then you eat yeah. crap. Yeah. Because you haven't eaten all day because you've been stressed. Yeah. Um, The question I've got for you, uh, was it portion control? Um. And what do you do if someone, if you've got this whole thing where you are, somebody else has left their food, mm. and you, so part of you might be like, that, that, I can't let that go to waste, I can't leave that. Like, what do you, do you get that? I used to. Yeah. I just put it in the bin. Yeah. So I, I worked with a, a client who was struggling because 
people would give her, get, they were giving her food. Yeah. I said, I can't waste that. I'm like going, did you buy it? Yeah. No. So why are you bothered about eating it then? Yeah. Why are you eating? They've given you that food, so they don't have it in their house and they don't eat it. Yeah. So all they've done is given you their problem. Yeah. It's not your food. You didn't buy it. You're not wasting it. Yeah. You know, I'd say just put it in the bin. Yeah. It's not a problem. Yeah. And don't buy this diet where there's people hungry. Well, that's fine. There are. Well, but you didn't. That's not your problem to deal with. Yeah. You're letting somebody else's attachment onto that. Yeah. So again, portion control. What about like peer pressure on that when someone's saying, go on, go and eat it, like go on, yeah, have this one. Is, this is an interesting one. So, I deal with this a lot with lads that are on the drink or the yeah. sniff or whatever. Like, how do you deal with that? Oh, but this is great, isn't it? If if you had a drink problem or a mm -hmm. drug problem, you told your friends, mm -hmm. listen, guys, I can't drink. You know, I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. They would be more. They'd never. You'd never go to an alcoholic. Yeah, have a drink, would you? Mm. Or somebody on drugs, you never go. Oh, go and have a line. Mm. You wouldn't. Whereas somebody on food, because nobody takes it seriously, go. Do you mean you can have that? It'll be all right. Yeah. Whereas that can be just a trigger that pushes somebody over the edge. Yeah. Because if you're a binge eater and a secret eater, yeah, you'll have it. Yeah. Then you'll have the guilt. Mm. Then that will trigger. Then you go home and eat even more. Mm. It's like the people who eat salad when they're out to show that they're healthy. And then once they're out of sight, they are gorging on all this food because oh, I've been good at my, I've had my salad, I've been good. Yeah. Didn't serve my need. Yeah. So I'm going to eat, eat in secret. Because a lot of binge eaters won't eat in public they find it a very sort of private experience and they struggle yes whereas most people that'd probably be me yeah yeah maybe so i think that point that whole portion the whole accepting thing when people offer you it i always find when i work with people if you need to be open with your peer group about your challenges and yeah. what you're facing and if they ain't going to support you yeah. try to find a new group yeah and it's a tough one yeah i find a lot i work a lot of women and men but mainly women whose partners don't support them yeah. so you need to You've got. Are you putting yourself first or them first? Yeah. Because about people pleasing, we always yeah. want people please. But oh, most leaders are always people pleasers. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Sick. Well, Tibbs, uh, oh. where are the uh, people who are listening? Who I'm sure are fascinated by your fucking story. Yep. Uh, where do I find out more? Uh, uh, so I've got Facebook and Instagram, mm -hmm. uh, the Emotional Eating Coach UK, mm -hmm. and uh, on my website, uh, Coach dot uk chris fucking tibbets mate we smashed that out of the park thank you so much thank you sir i appreciate it mate top draw thank you thank you mate thank you brother that was class did you yeah did you <laughs> just i shouldn't have had them quick <laughs>